<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast for a, uh, another episode. My name is Travis Hato. I am your host for this fine morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you're listening. Um, I'm going to get straight into uh, introducing my counterparts. They're all wearing uh, beautiful black shirts today. Great. This one's uh, almost grey. It's, it's a bit faded. Yeah, well, it's progressively um, you know, darker all the way down to JB. Hughes. Uh, so to my right, we have Kanye Conrad Francis. Good day, peace. Oh, nice, nice to see you. That's a very Australian greeting, Conrad. Good day, good day, and peace. To my right, I have Magic Matt Hannum. Great to be here, Hado. I really oh. enjoy it when you host these Magic. episodes. You do, don't you? I, I really do. I genuinely enjoy your hosting skills. Bring a bit of lo- loveliness to uh, the episodes. Every time I hear Magic Mike, I do go. You wish. <laughs> You, you, you wish your nickname was Magic, don't you? <laughs> and uh, to my right, I have uh, JB Justin Bourne, the uh, soothest voice in the room. I don't know about that. What's up? <laughs> Get dusty oh, today. Oh, Get Must have had a big night. Yes, yeah. every time. I'm just really thirsty. We'll <laughs> uh, <laughs> jump into the drink, not said back. Uh, Sierra Nevada beer. Oh, thanks for opening. You know, just straight off, straight off. Uh, California so IPA, citrusy and se- sessionable ale. This is a uh, brew. Sessionable. I know. It's just brewed in Nevada, in Mills River. What does IPA stand for? Indian pale ale. Oh, yeah. well did done. You, hey. did, did you buy this one because it's got some green trees on it? <laughs> I did. I like it. No, I'd, after reading the. Um, after reading the can, it says family owned, operated, and argued over. I thought that was quite funny. I sort of like them already. He might have pulled the, the lid earlier, but so. Tash says he comes earlier as well. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Uh, oh, yeah. Generally, I bet she does. <laughs> let's see if this is quite easy to drink. Normally, uh, oh, geez. Oh, geez. wet the equipment. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Always a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Hopefully, I could say the same. Wish, wish oh, I could say the same thing to you, Conrad. What's that? Cheers. It's a pleasure. Fuck, it's not even a pleasure, mate. I, I hate waking up with me. How do you manage to come in with a great citrusy sessionable ale <laughs> with a different logo on it every time? Um, <laughs> I actually have a... Rub it out. Rub I, it have out. A, I have a canner, can re, uh, brander at home. And no, um, Do you have actually brought a few like very similar but great beers with a, a totally different brand? the best Sierra Nevada one I've had. <laughs> I actually, yeah, um, good. you know, Pirate Life, that is a little bit similar to uh, it Pirate is. It is. Oh, no, that's Just one that of one. them. Yeah. Single Fin's not far off. Yeah, there's two. Yeah, Single Fin's not as heavy. What's that um, one? It's probably a little bit heavier. brought another one recently as well. I don't know. I think that, that one was a, a bit, that a was mango an orange, one. orangey one, that one. Mango one, so. Yes, anyway, um, not bad, not bad beer. Uh, I find that IPAs, I can't drink, you know, 10 of them. I don't really drink 10 beers anyway, but I can't drink a lot of them. It's more just of a uh, one or two uh, but yeah, otherwise it just gets too heavy for me. But um, I could I could drink one of them quite easily. Um, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Just had to belch, did you? <laughs> Repeating on me. Already. Um, That's why I can't drink too many beers. <laughs> Rookie. Uh, <laughs> if you've... Um, if Shocking you've start for how serious this, this podcast episode is, but oh, let's, let's go there. Let's, let's, yeah. bring it, let's bring it down. Um, if you've lived under a rock for the last two or three months... Um, you probably haven't heard that Kobe Bryant uh, passed away in a 
um, tragic uh, helicopter crash with um, seven other people, including his daughter. Or nine other... No, eight other people. Eight other people, sorry. Uh, including his daughter, Gigi, um, who was 12, which was, uh, yeah, not not the nicest news to wake up to. Um, I... I um, it was actually a Saturday morning for me. Um, Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Yeah, we're going to the beach. Sunday morning. I know it was the weekend. We're going to the beach and we woke up at six. Um, and I had already had like five messages on my phone, and they were all like, "What the hell? What's happening? What? You know, have you heard?" And I was like, "Have I heard what?" So I just swiped over to news. I was like, "Well, if it's going to be that big, I swiped over, and it was the first thing that popped up." And I um. Actually, like you know, I got um, goosebumps now. Um, I was actually genuinely uh, went into a state of shock. Like I, this, this is a person that um, when I was five and six years old, I used to watch um, free to air TV. You know, I used to watch basketball and um, on free to air TV, and um, it was Kobe and Shaq. You know, and the following year, I. I said to my mum and dad, I said, I want to go play basketball. You know, he was the reason that I I started basketball. Him and Shaq. You know, Kobe was my has been my idol my entire life. I've I've flown to LA, I've seen him play, um, you know, followed him, I've seen his highs and lows, you know, more so in the back end of his career. Um, you know, the last three uh, the last two championships. Um, you know, I was, I was really kind of involved in. And it's incredible how um you know, someone that you you don't meet, um, but you're in their proximity, and they affect you so much. Um, I genuinely grieved for a week. You know, I was genuinely sad. It felt like I'd I'd lost a family member. I know that sounds kind of a bit weird, but I genuinely uh, grieved uh, that whole. You know, for two or three days, I was I was really sad and I was really somber, and and um, I wasn't quite sure of the way to think and feel. Um, which I second guessed a lot because I was like, oh, I've never actually met this guy, but you know, I feel this way. Is this you know the right way to feel? Is this the right you know the thing to do? But um, he you know as more the more and more I reflected on it, um, he had such a profound effect on on me. Yeah, you know, like I said, his reason I, I picked up a basketball and twenty five years later I am still in love with the sport. You know, it's a um you know, fantastic sport. I'm still engrossed in the NBA every year. Um, you know, thanks to thanks to Kobe and the Lakers, and um, yeah, and, and yeah. So for that week after, I like I certainly grieved. You know, obviously time gets better and that sort of stuff. But um, did you guys sort of feel the same way? You know, because I know Conrad, your your love, um, you're probably more love of, of magic in that area. But I know Kobe had a massive effect on you. Did what was the grieving period? I guess for you guys, because I know everyone sitting in this room. Um, you know, enjoyed Kobe, have researched him, have, he's been in their proximity, you know, you, you're all, we're all the similar age, except for old boy over there, um, that we're, you know, have gone through his and and have enjoyed his successes and also his, you know, his failures. I mean, true story. I mean, I am a Magic fan, and uh, but I am a Lakers fan. I, I too have went, I've journeyed to... Um, to LA and watched Kobe play the uncoachable one they call him. Um, yeah, it, it hit me. I mean, I guess his contribution to the sport um, and his work ethic was had 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 no peers, particularly in the game of basketball. 
Um, and I guess that's what I pretty much aligned myself to. I mean, he, he hung five banners for, for the Lakers and he hung five, and Magic hung five banners for the Lakers. Um, you know, I think the era of basketball was very different when Kobe and Shaq were playing versus when Magic and Kareem were. Um, but nonetheless, you can't you can't deny that effort to to get to the you know to get to hang five banners. But uh, more importantly, again, with Kobe, is that what I learned was that because his story is probably so m- much more public, um, and it was on you know largely on the internet, and you saw more, you, you got to learn more about the bloke than what you probably could easily find out about the likes of Magic and Kareem and those guys back in that era. So you, you did go on the journey with them a bit more, and it's probably going to be a, a, a bit more of that for the for the youngsters coming through these days. That you do share those kind of emotions, and you do connect with them. And and they, and what what we do know is connection needn't be physical, um, you know. And connection is always emotional, and you can connect with anyone through any medium in space. Um, so you know, I think when you were talking to me, Trav, I mean, it's, it made perfect sense to me the way you felt, given the impact he had on your life. Um, and I, I, I can probably still tell you that I'm, I'm probably still grieving that today. You know, what a month or so uh, after, uh, I've, I struggle with comprehending that. Um, you know, even with all I know and what I believe around death, um, you know, I, I, I challenge myself to sit with acceptance on on death a lot, um, but I do struggle when it you know when it impacts children. Um, but it is what it is. Matt. Yeah, pretty similar um, to you, Hayden. I, I woke up and it was a Sunday morning, and I was <clears throat> and there was a handful of messages on my phone already, um, and I I was a bit shocked. Um, you know, I don't think anyone saw it coming, but it was just just wasn't expecting to see something like that in that, that was way. Crazy, mate. An Achilles heel injury couldn't bloody stop him. No, well, that, that's it. And I and I I largely have had the same. I mean, I guess I sit somewhere you know, between the two of you that I've it actually it. Quite deeply affected me um, in in that I I played basketball you know, my whole life more or less as well, um, not to the extent that you know and what the involvement that you two have had, but it's still something I did forever. I wore wore Kobe's shoes. I I watched those championship games. I still I, I've actually had it sitting there in front of my TV, the the DVD of the, all the championships, and I haven't actually put it on to play yet. But I've sat there since last couple of weeks um and and I'll, I'll get to it uh but i just haven't i don't know, haven't wanted to watch them just yet in that in that regard but you know i i still ha- hold an old ps3 sitting there um and it has nba 2k10 on it and if i whenever whenever i pull that thing out i play the all-star team and i shoot and hit like 50 or 60 with kobe and no one else gets a look in his rating would be like 98 in 2010 yeah, as well yeah but the, you know but there's the concept of it and i think like you talk about that energetic attachment like i never got to meet him i'm i'm really i haven't actually managed to get to the states ever i wish i had seen him play i'm really i accept it but i'm really frustrated that i didn't take the opportunity to go see him in in melbourne only yeah, six months cool. ago i'm really cool. frustrated at that and obviously i run media businesses and as much as i loved the guy from everything around his basketball career and i, and I think there's a lot that we attach to his work ethic and performance that he's almost like the peak of who we could be if we really gave ourselves everything what he started to do in media i was starting to clo- like really closely follow and and i just couldn't believe what he was already starting to do and i was so you know eager to keep watching and consuming everything he did um 
it, it bothered me a lot. It, it bothered me. You know, I watched the obviously memorial and that last night. Um, this will tell you the timing of obviously the, this podcast. But um, I watched the memorial and I'm, I'm watching Vanessa and I can't help but relate. Thinking if that was my, my wife Tash talking about me and and our eldest child or, you know, or one of our children. Um, and there's just a lot of things that I think energetically it's it's really hard to disconnect the two and just say, hey, that's a guy I never met. I just think there's so many attachments and, and reasons why it um, has actually deeply moved me and, and I've, I've struggled with it, like you said, in the first week or so and then it hasn't been the same but I've still found myself journaling on it, thinking about it a lot um, since, since it happened. So It's a pretty strange feeling. Huh? I, I was, it was very foreign to me to start off with. I was like, why am I feeling like this? This is you know, someone I've never met. You know, like, why do I, why am I feeling this? Uh, which was quite incredible. And, yeah, Conrad and I had pretty good conversations around it. Um, and it was, it was interesting to unpack and see, you know, it did have a profound effect on you. Yeah. So, it's it's yeah. obvious, you know. And I, I mean, I remember watching his last game with you and we were just sitting there, what the fuck is this guy doing? I yeah. mean, <laughs> he's yeah. out there busting 60 points in his last game. I'm thinking, what the hell drives this bloke? You know, that's all I was thinking about. What is going through his head? Well, did you, you hear in the memorial what he what he'd said? Or I don't know. He'd, he'd said he turned around to, to the girls, kids. to the yeah. kids, and said, "This is what, this you, is do. what you do when people tell you you've got nothing yeah, left to give." give. And no, then and, went out and did that. And, and that's the first time I heard that. And when I was watching him do it, all I could think about, and it almost ruined the way I was watching the game, was what is going through his mind? You know, because you can see him physically beaten, physically mm. tired, but his mindset just. That was the only thing that you could see going through. And I watched the game again just after he passed away. I think they televised it on, um, on Fox. And yeah. I watched that game again. I'm thinking, it, it is so obvious to me that that guy is 99% mental. <laughs> right? Like that's, that, that's where it all comes from. Because he just pulled his body through. I mean... But the things you can do yeah. in, the, in the face of adversity, if you want to do it, you know, and then knowing what he said to his kids, he knew he was going to go out there and give it a crack. Crazy. I um I didn't believe it at start. The first day, kind of Damien Lillard um, put a quote out. Um, Damien Lillard plays for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, he's a superstar in his own right. And he said, um, he said, uh, I didn't believe it. I was expecting a... a um, you know, a news report to come out later that day to say that uh, Kobe jumped from the um, helicopter and was fine. You know, yeah, and we expect that, right? Because that's how much, like, that's the level that Kobe lived on and the superhero sort of, you know, status that, you know, these young guys and myself included had for this had for this guy. Yeah, you know, and, uh, yeah, it took, took, it took a while to sink in, for sure. It's a really bizarre feeling. I don't probably have the same connection to Kobe as, as you guys. I've never, for me, it was a bit different. Um, I've never grown up idolizing people in the, in the respect of like sports stars or movie stars or, or anything like that. Um, and it hasn't been only until the last couple of years that I have, I wouldn't say, well, in some respects I do. Right. And I came, only came across Kobe in the last probably one to two years probably through obviously the proximity with with you guys and the stuff that that we look at um but i remember just diving in and was influenced a couple of the podcast episodes that i have brought you know to the to the table um but i 
you know, I think kind of like what you're touching on, Conrad, is like I'm actually super grateful that because of all the access of the internet and the content and one of the shares that I had was like, you know, I went on a binge watch for like four or five hours of like Kobe. It's lethal, man. Yeah, like Kobe <laughs> mum mentality. You feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, it's... It's like whipping yourself with a cat of nine tails. Fucking you cannot sit there and watch that and then think, how good a human am I? I was watching the <laughs> memorial. I had to pick up a set of dumbbells just to <laughs> I couldn't even... I couldn't just sit there and watch it. It's just like... You've got to hate yourself. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and I instantly became like a a fan and so you know when I heard about it I thought it was like one of those hoax things that, that um, obviously happens um, and I genuinely um, yeah grieved a bit as well and I was like oh this is what it feels like you know because in the past people would you know pass like you know big music stars or movie stars and I'd never get it I'd be like you know this big person would pass and everyone's like sharing all their um, you know grieving online and this and that and I'm like I don't understand and this was the first time I really got to appreciate and understand um, you know, someone you've never met, um, who's influenced you, um, passing, and it was really profound. And um, you know, it's been a big influence of my journaling and stuff a lot around, which I think you know, same with you, Conrad, around time. You mm. know, and um, you know, he had the idea, and I saw it on Matt's phone as is. I think it's still here, right? Work now, rest later, um, type idea, and um. The, and the other idea of how much influence and inspiration you can offer by mastering your craft. Because that's just like really all, he, you know, that's what he did. And well, that's what, that's, much, what, that's what Jordan said, right? And I just mean, how much his respect. And his memorial was like, by questioning him, um, he, it forced him to show up better, to serve him better. Um, and he was saying like everyone wanted to talk about, um, you know, the comparisons between the two. Um, when he passed and he goes all I want to talk about was Kobe hmm. it just shows you the humility that you know, even the greats have, have the bloke well that's it like I, I learned so much from Kobe over the years and, and that's why I so wanted to take this podcast is to um, maybe we could spend hours and episodes you know talking about um, the things that made Kobe Kobe and, and the things that you can learn from him but um you know, let's trim the top, um, you know, the main ones of what, you know, I learnt and you guys have learnt from Kobe and, um, you know, looking out from in. You know, the first one for me that comes to mind is um, it, it was a great story by Rob Polinka um, that really epitomises this. Um, he was in church um, on the um, day that Kobe passed and um, he said that his phone vibrated and normally he doesn't check his phone in, in church and for some reason he felt this urge too. So he checked it and it was Kobe and this is not um, unusual because he and Kobe speak every day. So Rob Palinka is his long-term manager and now he's the GM of Lakers best and he's, you know, he's his best friend. You know, so they talk every day, they talk about everything. And um, you know, he sort of looked at it and he was like, yeah, well, it's not urgent. Um, it was... Um, just a text from him and he was like oh, it's not urgent I'll text him back later but then he had this another urge and he was like oh, I'm going to you know, text him back now um, so he looked at it and it was Kobe asking um, you know, if he knew a certain baseball agent um, because he wanted to um, you know, link one of the girls um, in with the baseball agent to do some uh, internship and give her a leg up and um, you know, he 
uh, Rob basically looked at the message and replied and then, you know, they were, they were texting back and forth and he had just kept having this urge to keep doing it. And then it found out, you know, about 15 minutes later, the helicopter went down. And um, so, you know, Kobe's last uh, act on this earth is helping someone else. And uh, that's, one, like, that's one key theme that really comes from Kobe Bryant is service and being of true service to people. You know, we're just talking about it um, before this podcast and it's like Kobe in the world um, apparently has the most Make-A-Wish um, grants out of anyone and it's 220. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So it's around 220. That's the most out of anyone, you know, for a, a superstar that's uh, one of the, you know, I guess busiest people in the world and the biggest, you know, he, he has the ability to do 220 Make-A-Wish um, and impact yeah, a child's life or someone else's life. Because he would have made time, right? I mean, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people would have been asked for it, but he found a way to fit that number yeah. in. Like, yeah. that's incredible. You well, prioritise what you want to prioritise. The other story that I really like that Rob Plink is, was, was saying was that, um, you know, like, his, his and Kobe's kids went to the same school and, and Kobe started um, picking up the kids after he retired because he wanted to be more of a part of the fan and the, and the kids' lives. And... Um, you know, Rob Plinker's kids loved Kobe. And the reason why was like when Kobe um, came to see them or saw them at school, he'd run up to them and pick them up like they'd, they'd literally just conquered the world. You know, he gave them so much love and energy and, and, and that service, you know. So that for me, like um, being of true service, uh, that's one thing I feel like Kobe epitomized um you know the amount of guys that you know after his passing like the amount of guys that have come out and have gone yeah i've I got injured and, and kobe, kobe reached out to me you know four o'clock in the morning on the night of the thing so you know and then continually throughout the injury or you know paul george i know is a big one um you know how they continually reached out and how he continually reached out and it was just being that you know dialing in and giving that um you know, that mumba mentality to so many of these, you know, young guys, but also to the certain thing of, you know, helping a young girl um, get an internship with a, with a um, uh, basketball, a uh, baseball agent. Like, yeah, so service is a big thing for me. Did anyone uh, resonate with, with Kobe in service? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, what, what, particularly what he was starting to do with female sport because of his daughters, right? Um, well, basketball and volleyball. Basketball, volleyball, exactly right. I mean, and you know that's his his sports academy catered for both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's stories from uh, various females in the sport, and, they, and a few of them spoke yesterday. Uh, Diana Terazzi and uh, and for the, I hate this for the life of me that one of the one of the Yukon girls spoke um, and you know, spoke to the time that he gave them. Even just in SMSing them on on great games, you know, just I see you in a, in a strong arm symbol, you know, just those little things. That's all service, huh? Yeah, of course it is, because you, you know, what does it mean to get that from someone that yeah. you, know, you look up to? So, yeah, I mean that that's without question. Um, you know, he allowed. I mean, again, when you look at uh, Jordan's response, you know, he allowed Michael to become better because he challenged him to. You know, he asked him the hard questions. Um, and, he, and he demanded him to be at his best to answer them. Well, they got. Sorry, Matt, go. No, I was just going to say then, uh, now I'll go back to the media, which is the thing I, I raised earlier, is he sort of had transcended that. He'd already moved into a space where he'd leveraged beyond his own, you know, communication and what he was building with the Wizard Art series and the Punies podcast. And, and, you know, 
he won an Oscar for Dear Basketball, which is not bad. I mean, it was fantastic. But <laughs> what bad. I'm saying, no, but what that wasn't that wasn't truly his you impact. That wasn't his impact piece. Like these other, you know, the, the stories that he was building around the, you know, the the mixed racial um, females that he was building into the lead roles and like every, everything he was doing and creating in in the media that he was building and the empire that he was creating is was, you know, already probably has played, had a massive impact, but was set to have an incredible, you know, way more leverage than just what he could do by reaching out to to players past and present and everything, you know, it was it was set to... That was automatic, right? What he did with players was automatic. Yeah, but this, um, was, this was a whole different level of... And he was talking about this being like, you know, Wizenard, he, he was talking about it being like Harry Potter and was talking about yeah. taking it to that sort of level and you had complete belief that he would do that. He was he'd mapped the he'd mapped it out, and oh. it had the characters and and all that to allow so many young kids in difficult circumstances to relate to people, to allow them to have a have someone to lead and follow, or someone to follow. It's incredible. On the service piece, the only thing I would add is because I did a bit of a share a couple of weeks back. Um, is that he did a huge amount of being of service um, also through doing the work on himself. You know, like to me that was like the biggest thing was like, you know, he did clearly so much work on himself and did the work. That's how he also was just... Oh, he was stoic. Yeah, he was being just... A, he was of service by showing up every day and doing the work. And I think that's just like another level. Like that's just, you know, you can do stuff for others, but the fact of like, um, you know him showing up to be the best was actually being of service to so many others. Um, and that's just a crazy thing to get your head around. And that's kind of what I, like I wrote down a few weeks ago when I was like looking at it. But that's so. the truth and service though, right? Yeah. Because it's not always about doing things for other people. Um, sometimes you've got to give them a speeding ticket. Sometimes you've got to show them 50 points in a game to send you back to the gym to go and do the work that I've done. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a good example of like yeah being that's, service that's, 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 that's serving. I mean, you want to yeah. beat me, then outwork me. Yeah, that's just fucking phenomenal. Like it's well, there goes uh, a thousand points here that I could talk about. But you know the outwork. You know, there's so many stories about Kobe. Uh, no, no one will tell you in the modern era. None of the I have not heard in one person that will admit to outworking Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah, you know, like. Uh, I think there's a pretty um, iconic story of him messaging his trainer at like three thirty or four o'clock in the morning, going is get the, is that the U- team USA one? Yeah, going oh, fuck, going get a, story. a thousand shots up, and he goes and gets a thousand shots up, and then the trainer goes home and gets some sleep before training at like eleven a.m. Mm. And then he walks in and Kobe's like sweating and he's shooting. And he goes, "Oh, yeah, you're back again." And he'd never left. Yeah, he'd been there from four shooting. You know, and the trainer had gone home and slept. You know, that's just the epitome of outwork. You know, the it wasn't the shots up; it was the makes. Yeah, because I had to make eight hundred. I just made eight hundred. Crazy, hey! But it's it's you know his mindset of outworking your competition. You know, work work working when they're not working, and simply getting up that hour earlier, investing that yeah. that amount of time. Well, you know, taking more that. shots. It's incremental greatness. Like yeah. to 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 adjust. Like, I mean, most humans. <laughs> operate the same way we sleep x you know we're awake to adjust your life into polyphasic approach of sleep to get an extra training session in the middle of the night to know that he gets an extra session in every day for that year and then the next year and the next year on all of his competitors it's just 
unbelievable but it gives commitment you the, if, you, to if you're doing the work, you have the right to have the belief, right? I mean, it, it goes without saying, right? If, you, if you're going to do the work, then you're allowed to believe. And, you know, you're coming up a bloke, you know, when you, when you sit him next to Shaq, you know, when you see some of their, their, their pictures, you know, he's not half the bloke Shaq was, um, not even a third. Um, but yet he, he got in a brawl with him. <laughs> There's some good stories about that, actually. <laughs> Just hope you don't that one on one interview, if you guys get a chance, listen to Shaq interviewing Kobe about a year ago. Yeah. It was one of the most enjoyable interviews that I've ever watched, um, particularly knowing their story. Um, it was banter. Um, and it was great to watch. So if you get a chance to watch it, it's fantastic. Conrad, I'll come back to um, one of the points that you made about uh, Michael Jordan and how, um, you know, Kobe. I uh, just kept asking him questions and being a bit of a pest. Um, the the thing that I take from Kobe for sure is to ask questions. You know, like, well, um, he asked Kobe, there's two stories that I'll share. The first one is um, about MJ. He, uh, this is just recently, actually, in the last kind of year or so. He calls Michael Jordan and, and says to him, oh, Michael, um, you know, I'm teaching Gigi. Yeah, you know, she's 12 years old. Um, these footwork and moves and that sort of stuff. Yeah, when you were 12, you know, what were you thinking about when you were learning these, you know, these moves? Yeah, you know, and Michael Jordan responds, goes, I was playing baseball. Yeah, you know, but like the level of question asking that Kobe takes it to is phenomenal. You know, like he... It's granular, mate. Yeah, like there's no stone unturned. He asks questions of everyone. And even so, like, even... It doesn't matter if your best bud's like Michael Jordan or, you know, there's another one with um, he was Kobe was in the um, finals against the Celtics, 09, 10, 11, somewhere, one of those three years. And um, he, uh, he was getting doubled in the pick and roll a lot. Um, and Dwayne Wade is a little bit younger than Kobe and he, he calls Dwayne Wade up um, and he goes, Dwayne, you're, you're the best at, you know, pick and rolls. You know, how do I pick this apart? How do I get through this? You know, so one, the sincerity to do that, but also two, just the ability to ask the question. You know, ask questions, ask questions of yourself, ask questions of people around you, ask questions how to do it better. Yeah, that that's one major thing that I've learned from Just hacks, man. That's what we, we call it hacks yeah. these days, right? But that's what it is. He goes, okay, well, fuck, I ain't got time. I've got to fix it in game six. Yeah. Right. Let's Who go to the best to, yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. And but ask the question. That's, humi- that's, that's humility. humility. Yeah. yeah. The humility to do that. Like, I keep telling you, gratitude and humility. I keep telling you. you. Keep telling you. Keep telling us. Yeah. That's not humility. <laughs> keep telling you. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't give a shit, right? Yeah. He nah. Zero. Like, he doesn't care about. Absolute look- zero fucks. Yeah. Doesn't care about looking stupid or silly or what you care or I don't care if I'm calling it's at three. All about, it's all at, about the end result. At three a.m. to ask you this question of how you were thinking. Oh, did I wake you in your sleep? Oh, anyways, what's the answer yeah, of the question? Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And that was the call that he made to that coach. You now this was Team USA, and <laughs> it was like, "Sorry, did I wake you? <laughs> can you come? And, can you come and train with me?" <laughs> at three a.m. in the morning, it's crazy. Like. For me, the biggest thing, which um, I guess, you know, there are lessons to be learned in someone um, passing and I guess they're the, well, they're, they're powerful and... Um, well, you could learn this from Kobe when he was around though, right? Yeah, but more for me, it was just like, you know, you've got one life and like, what is your eulogy? 
you know, yeah, that's 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 which what we've been. talked about before. That's that's I guess that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. And, and shortly after Kobe's scenario was when some news I had from some from some friends of mine having or a friend of mine having some terminal issues. So you know, I think it was compounded. Yeah. Like, what does your eulogy look like? And like the fact what he achieved in you know his short time here. If you know what forty one. Yeah, forty one. Forty one. And like where you're going, Matt, like what he would have achieved with, I mean, already in the last couple of years, just very quickly as he retired, what he achieved there in the business and media space. It's just, it's crazy. And I guess, it, yeah, for me, I've been, it's really influenced since his passing, the idea of one life and that reconciliation of time. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. It's not yours to waste. It's yours to invest. And changing, which we've talked about plenty of times as well, the definition of, of work you know, because at the end of the day, like you think about, look what he did. He, he's the opposite of work-life balance and everything that well, everyone's pushing for. Oh, counterintuitive, one hundred percent. You know, complete opposite. But look at the impact and and what it's what yeah. it's done. And you know, so well, his his want for impact and service of others was greater than you know the care of what people thought of his work-life balance. <laughs> He couldn't give a shit. No. Could not give a shit. I mean, the guy had the thickest skin. I mean, you could tell, mate. I mean, if he, he was going toe-to-toe with Shaquille O'Neal, he did not give a shit. Yeah, I want to win. You're my conduit to win. Fucking shape up. It's kind of like said, us in this podcast, isn't but it? They, but they turn around and he said, to, and they say it, and you get to watch this interview, like, he'll say, well, if you were fucking fit, we would have won 12. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I mean, Brian Carwell. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next one, uh, like next point that I, I love that I think really was his true soul focus um, that filtered onto you know service and ask questions and stuff is just be the best version of you. I, I've listened to a lot of his content, and um, that's one thing that just comes up time after time is you know. Be the best version that you can be. Enjoy the journey. Um, and then it's all, he was all about journey. Yeah, yeah. Particularly at the end of his career. Yeah. Every, every time, every time he was in That's an interview, was something about the journey. Yeah. Every time. Just reminds me of I think in some of his content when he talks about um, and he's been asked a lot about how he f- feels about winning or losing, and like just the uh, neither matters. Yeah. You know, yeah. like and that idea of like. I'm going to be comfortable with either one. And that's just like, you know, it's exactly. Because yeah, you see the learning the and the losing, right? Correct. It's enjoying the journey. Yeah. It's fin- it's absolutely phenomenal. He doesn't like it. Yeah. Fucking get, particularly against the fucking Celtics, he doesn't like it. But nah, he hates it. But, but you know that, uh, when was it when they lost that series against the Lakers, uh, sorry, against the Celtics, and he got off the plane because he had two air balls um, in the final stage of the game. He got off and went straight to a court and was shooting. He, was, he, he, the got, he got the janitor to let him yeah, into the, the local primary shot, school. Shot, just shot at the like shot. two in the morning, and he just let him put shots. Straight the plane, straight to the basketball court. Didn't didn't he went home, dropped his bag, and like, and walked across to the school. Like insane. But you can't. I mean, I, we've all had those moments where you know you've either fucked something up and you overthink the shit. But how many would go and put those hours in to fix it? No. So you don't make that mistake again. What's well, it like? He's he's obsessive. You know, beyond. You know, next level obsessive, obsessive really, isn't he? Yeah, well, the greats are, mate. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, look at the attention to the detail. 
You know, and then you, you you think back, okay, to Beethoven, to Michelangelo, to um, what's her name who wrote Harry Potter? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. You know, attention to detail on the greats. Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue. Conrad Francis. Oh, Paul <laughs> Conrad Francis and Paul Paul Who the hell was Phil Donahue? <laughs> Sorry, Phil, I don't know you, American bro. sitcom, oh no, talk show dudes. I was just making it up, mate. I'll have a look at your wiki page. Um, <laughs> and uh, Conrad Francis. I don't have a wiki page. What um, Conrad P. Francis. What other things did you learn Joe. from Kobe? What, are, what other things did you guys... Oh, man, from my perspective and being the, the father of a daughter, I mean, you know, what came of light, particularly in the later years, was was his proximity to his family. Um, you know, that, yeah, I loved his unwavering love. That, um, you know, I mean, we uh, to take the time away from his kids that he did take, um, he certainly gave them something to believe in, which I say to everybody, if, if you're going to take time away from your family, give them something to believe in. Right, give him the belief that anything is possible, and he he's done that. He's done that, particularly with the three girls that are left. He's created a legacy that gives them the belief that they can be anything that they want to be. Do the work, but also uh, in a lot of situations, and I, I I'm witness to this more than I, I guess I am it. But I see a lot of um, a lot of particular dads, but not just dads, overcompensate for that that time away. Yeah, and like just throw money and just just bullshit. And what I what I largely saw Kobe from they just gave him a fucking basketball him. academy. Well, <laughs> no, no, but like, but he he even talked about the things like just let him be late to school and like let him figure yeah. it out. Whereas I, I I am I am witness and and I think generally we we can easily fall fall guilty on or, or be guilty of just I guess that's coddling a little bit or whatever it is for the, for the kids. But you know, being being away a lot, he was yeah, able to yeah. just firmly just know. Deliver, man. But he knew what it would take to give them the outcome. He focused on that end result, and he was able to do that despite maybe he was thinking, "Oh, you know, I haven't seen them." But he knew how he, he knew what he had to do because to set you, them if up. You, if you deliver in what you love doing, you're giving them the belief that they can go after what they love. But the letter um, that to his younger self, which is not even about his kids, oh, which talks about his family and stuff like that, one of the big takeaways was like while being of service, he was very in his letter to his younger self is like he's well. The, my takeaways was like don't do things for others that robs them from the lessons they need to learn. Sometimes tough love and supporting um, in other ways is best. Don't selfishly compensate so you can feel good about yourself. And that was, yeah. his, but that was that's his mum and dad. Was what I was trying that, to say. Was, that was his mum and dad and sisters, right? Yeah, yeah. So that and that's not. I'm pretty sure that's not word for word. I think that's my paraphrasing of it. But um, it's kind of what you were saying, mm-hmm. Hannah, as well. But it's also more about how I think uh, in reference to maybe having family as a manager and bits and pieces. And when he first got into the NBA, splashing out and realizing that he was doing it. And we now know through oh, some yeah. of the work that we've done that he was doing it from, you know, a negative negative space, compensating. Yeah. Um, that doesn't serve anyone. And, and I related a lot to that because I did that a lot early. I don't have kids yet, but I did that to my team early on when building a business, Yeah, you know, and that deserved um, them a lot. And so um, being of service, uh, yeah. And I guess it's kind of like what, you know, coming even back to the MJ – piece as well like how he would have applied pressure up up the chain i guess you could say well there's a good story uh, i can't remember the interview <laughs> but kobe was talking about um coaching young girls because um, someone asked him like how how it is and and he was talking about you know his methodology and that sort of stuff and there was one part of the story that really grabbed me you know about um he 
allows the internal dialogue of the kids to talk to himself. He doesn't overbear or, you know, he empowers. And and the, a 17 is um, you got to run across the court, so the short way, um, you know, 17 times. And generally, you know, like you got to do it within a minute is the normal um, sort of thing for maybe a minute 10 if you're sort of under 12s, under 13s. So it's, it's quite tough and you you got to, you know, dig in and, and get it done. And um, he would... You know, give the girls a 17 and they'd be running and these parents would call out and they would be, um, you know, butting them on going, yeah, you can do this, you can do this. And and Kobe's outlook on it was, no, don't say anything because the girls, while doing this hard task, are having this internal dialogue with themselves. Can I do this? Can I actually do this? Can I make it? You know, and, and that for him was more character building than him just propping them up and empowering them. So he was so he was so powerful and tactful in serving, you know, even twelve year old girls and understanding their, you know, what they needed to succeed, uh, which it just blows me away. Like just stories like that and understanding uh, the the detail that he goes into ridiculous, um, into every aspect of his life and he's only 41 right i mean like it's not like he's a 70 year old guy who's just been through everything over and over and over again but he's he's clearly you know beyond the years of his wisdom yeah i know that but i'm just saying you know at 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 40 years to have that level of wisdom to have you know done it that way it's just just incredible anyway we're getting the wrap up so um we i could literally just i could sit here and talk for days but um, thank you for listening. Hopefully um, you've watched us on YouTube today. So hello if you did. Um, <laughs> if you Hi. haven't. And if you haven't, get on YouTube, subscribe to us. Um, we're trying to add some value, but also um, so you can show see. Us your, show us the faces. Yeah, probably not you, Conrad. You need a shave, actually. I'm, don't try to be sad, Guru. So, but uh, yes, thank you for uh, dialing and listening to us. And um, we'll... See you next week. Who's dialing? Thanks, Hato. Dialing. Thanks. Dialing. Cheers. You're still living in the nineties. Bye for now. See you later. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Simple Minds podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.